Hello and welcome to another episode of A Cozy Christmas Podcast. I'm your host, Art, and I like to drink too much eggnog. Well, it's that time of year where the days are getting darker, they're getting colder, Christmas lights are up everywhere, and it is truly the most wonderful time of the year. I have a really fun conversation uh, ahead for you today. I'll be interviewing author Rachel McMillan today, who has just written the new book, A Very Merry Holiday Movie Guide. I'm not a movie podcaster at all, and I, but I do love the Christmas movie podcasts out there, and, um, I, and hopefully you find those and, and take a listen as well. There's a lot of good ones out there. Uh, but today I'm going to have her on to talk about Hallmark movies and made-for-TV movies and her new book, who will guide you through some of those. And as I mentioned in the uh, interview, what I like about this book is that it's not just a TV guide. It gives you different topics of what kind of a movie fan you are or what kind of a person you are. You know, there's the person who likes to bake. Well, here's, you know, five Hallmark type movies that you'd enjoy watching. There's the book lovers chapter. It gives you all sorts of ideas and things to do to host your own movie watching party, to create new traditions and even some history and trivia along the way. It's a great book, and I highly recommend it as a gift for your movie lover on your Christmas list, and this book would make a great, great gift. Movie fans rejoice. I am here with Rachel McMillan, who has just written a book called A Very Merry Holiday Movie Guide. It is your guide for made-for-TV Christmas movies, and I thoroughly have enjoyed looking through that book. It is full of great tidbits and information and uh, descriptions of different movies you might like to watch, uh, along with some holiday uh, hints and helps to make it a very festive time of year for you. Uh, so, Rachel, welcome to a Cozy Christmas Podcast. Thank you very much. I'm really excited to be here. Good. Well, I... I be upset if you weren't. So, <laughs> no. um, well, why don't you tell folks a little about yourself and how you came to writing this book? Yeah. So, um, I live in Toronto, Canada, and we just got the most Christmassy snow today, which is fantastic. Um, I actually am a writer primarily of historical fiction for HarperCollins, um, but I have done a few nonfiction books, and I realized uh, that. I hadn't seen any gift type books that speak specifically to made for TV Christmas movies. And I was deep into research for this series set in post-war Europe. And it's a lot of intensive research. And I thought, what's another project that can kind of balance that? So my agent knows that I really love these made for TV Christmas movies. And I said, listen, I don't see anything on the market. There might be something here. So I got a proposal together and it just honestly, I wrote it because I thought I can <laughs> watch TV Christmas movies in the middle of the summer for research for a job. So <laughs> um, yeah. it started with that. <laughs> and um, so I, I am a full-time writer and I just happened to get a little bit creative on how I could branch out and do something uh, very different than my usual fare. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's how this book came to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's one thing I know from uh, folks who like to watch the, the Hallmark movies and uh, all those is that 
this is their their go-to films to help mm. unwind and relax. And some have even said they've fallen asleep watching one and woken up watching another one <laughs> and then not realized it was a different one. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And it's also because the aesthetic is very similar throughout uh-huh. them. Um, but I, I do think what's interesting is that here in Canada, um, we have stations that are licensed to play Hallmark movies because we don't have the Hallmark channel. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the Hallmark films are filmed here. And so a lot of Canadian production companies are involved. And when our first lockdown of the great plague of 2020 <laughs> began in March, mm-hmm. um, the station here immediately started showing 24-7 Hallmark Christmas movies just like Hallmark began showing Christmas movies in the middle of the spring outside of their schedule. And I think it's just because that comfort and that, yes, you can fall asleep and wake up and you're still in a happy, cozy Christmas world Mm -hmm. is something that people really need. And if you look at the ratings for Hallmark premieres this fall, especially they have skyrocketed. People are at home. People are feeling more Christmas now Mm -hmm. because you you can't really go anywhere. You can't really do a lot. Um, so I, I think that there's that comfort level is something huge about why these films are so popular. And I think that the writers of these films are very aware, knowing that they're working within a similar formula, that there has to be certain ingredients to them. And I think we're all self-aware that they're wonderful, but they can be a little bit cheesy. And that's part sure. of why they're great. So we yeah. all need a little bit of that, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and who doesn't like cheese? I mean, <laughs> that's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at it from a them from a critical eye, you know, I can see where, you know, like your movie critic or professional critic would Absolutely. say this is this is not worth anything. But you know, as a I mean, as a Christmas lover, this this is my cup of, of eggnog, I guess. <laughs> my my yeah. cup of tea, you know. It, it's it's cozy it's got christmas feels in it it's um you know i'm a sucker for a romance story so (laughs) absolutely and there's a um you know all of them have a color palette that works Mm -hmm. with christmas Mm -hmm. so if you even watch one on mute every different frame will have at least red or green or twinkle lights Hmm. there's a very specific way that they've created these worlds and I think that it's beyond your typical movie criticism because that's, it's not for the same viewing experience that say, I don't know, what was the one movie that came out this year, the Christopher Nolan, like your, your tenant watcher is not going to be able to take that lens and go to um, a very merry mix up and try. (laughs) Right. Right. But um, what you do notice is that, you know, you can play within the formula of the world and they are all Christmas. They're all nostalgic. And I think that they really make people tap into a life that they either wish they had or are trying to rediscover again, especially this year when home and family are so integral to what's happening in the world. I joke that I'm probably the worst movie critic ever because I... (laughs) I like everything I watch pretty much. And, uh, but you know, it's that when I sit down to watch it, I just try to take the film for what it is. 
And, you know, when you pop on a Hallmark movie or Christmas movie, you know, it's okay. That's what I'm wanting. And it's a genre. You go in with the expectations, you know, you know what's going to happen. So then (laughs) if, (laughs) um, yes, you know, they're going to get together. She's going to leave her big city job. It's Uh going to be Christmas. (laughs) It will snow on Christmas. So when you're working within those parameters, anything that happens that is slightly surprising becomes even more exciting and people focus on that. For example, mm-hmm. there was, and I can't remember the name of it because I haven't watched it yet. I think it's called Five Star Christmas. And my Facebook exploded. I haven't watched it, but it was on Hallmark the other night. And people were impressed because it's one of the few that does an ensemble ensemble comedy really well. And so the fact that it's still within the specifics and measures of this genre, but it created more of an ensemble piece, it stood out to people. So anytime that there's a slight variance in the theme, I think that makes it even more exciting. But like you, I mean, I'm just happy for the content and enjoying it. I'm just just happy they figured out out how to make 97 of these during the pandemic i think it's oh my goodness <laughs> it's so creative <laughs> yeah yeah uh well i haven't watched uh i don't think i've watched any new ones this year uh and i and i i told rachel uh off off mic here that uh i'm kind of a newbie when it comes to these films still because i don't i don't have the hallmark channel or uh, you know i'm stuck with netflix right now which is fine <laughs> Um, but uh, last year I watched, I think it was the called Dear Santa with uh, oh, Amy yeah. Acker. And She's I, I fantastic. Love that. Oh man. I'm used to seeing her in the, in the series um, uh, uh, person of interest. Oh yes. Yeah. She plays a psycho character. And then yeah. in this one, she's sweet and, and ends up being kind and all that. And I'm waiting for her to, you know, pull out a gun and <laughs> No, and it's, but no, it's, it's not, really yeah. interesting to see who shows up in these because yeah, sometimes you yeah. don't expect it. Um, they do have their regular favorites, Lacey Chabert, Candace mm-hmm. Cameron Bure, a bunch of them, uh, Danica McKellar, a lot of sitcom stars from the 80s and 90s. <laughs> yeah. But people like Amy Acker, I mean, she was in another one, um, Nutcracker Christmas, where she plays a ballerina and she mm. gets to use dancing training. She rarely gets to use in her right. Hollywood or... Um, I guess her Joss, she's done some Joss Whedon stuff, but right. yeah, she suited it really well. She was cool. fantastic. So uh, I'm well, glad you saw that one. Yeah. I have to, I'll have to maybe watch that other one too. <laughs> I, I like her. Uh, she's a great, great actress. actress. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I, I love it. Cause I'll, I'll get caught up. It's like you said, you know how it's going to end, but mm-hmm. you know, there's still this part of me that gets caught up in the magic of it. And I'm thinking maybe this is going to be the one where they don't get together at the end, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and you just, <laughs> will the snowstorm be over in time for the Christmas pageant? Right. And I think that it's, it's so wonderful just to have such low stakes. I mean, a Hallmark yeah. Christmas movie tragedy is not actually a tragedy. Um, oh no, yeah. the cookies are burnt. And I think that at times of really high stress, I think that people really need something that is not going to get their, you know, heartbeat so intensively yeah. racing that it's too too much for them. <laughs> it's very low stakes and the the Christmas problems 
are not actual problem. Like they, they can be fixed. The store gets saved. The cookies are okay. The mm-hmm. agent goes ahead. Um, <laughs> and I, I like that about them. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> um, so I was going to ask you as, as a, as kind of a, a, a new, well, not, not a very experienced Christmas movie watcher yeah. as far as, as far as made for TV movies go. You know, I, I really wanted to start watching more this year, but then I, you know, like you said, there's like 90, 90 new films just from so Hallmark. Many. Yeah. Where do you start? How, how do you get into that? Cause I look at that and I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> I think what's interesting is, you know, what I found, and this is over the past, cause these things I would say since about 2006 have now mm-hmm. skyrocketed. They went from maybe making four a year to 16 a year to like, 97 a year so they keep growing on this and they keep building on it and with that has come a lot of blogs and instagram accounts and podcasts um that are specific to hallmark and hallmark movie lovers and i tend to find that following um the hashtag hallmarkies hashtag on twitter helps me a lot because yeah it's it's where do you start um but I also think it's through social media, the word of mouth, I'll often have people say, okay, if you guys haven't seen this, put this one at the top of your list. It's really hard, but I think what you'll find is that the same films show up a lot on people's top 10 lists. Very Merry Mix-Up is one, and it's one I kind of shout out to because it's in the cover or it's on the title of my book because uh, <laughs> that's my personal favorite. Um You'll see Nine Lives of Christmas show up all mm-hmm. the time. That's Brandon Ruth who played Superman oh, yeah. and is yeah. in all, yeah, he's fantastic in that. Um, Snow Bride is another one. You'll see that a lot of people have, they keep mentioning the same ones and that's usually a good indicator of the ones that really resonate with people. But mm-hmm. other than that, I mean, you can just dive in and watch <laughs> <laughs> a million of them. <laughs> well, and here's where I think maybe your book will come in handy. We'll, we'll segue into your book. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the chapters are divided up under themes. So we have mm-hmm. like the Baker's Christmas, the Shopper's Christmas, uh, the Book Lover's Christmas, which is that's the one that first jumps out to me because me I'm, a, I'm a book, I'm a book <laughs> yes. lover. Yeah, I, obviously. Um and so your, your chapters kind of give a little introduction about um, the theme. And then mm-hmm. uh, for I'm, I'm just looking at the book lovers um, chapter right now. And so then you give tips to um, create the book, the perfect bookish atmosphere. Uh, you know, just some things you can do to make the house smell nice and yeah. uh, all those things. Then you, you give each chapter has their customized viewing list. So here is what do you got? Six films you mentioned that might connect to that theme of a book lover or uh, a bake baker lover, uh, and that I'm I find to be pretty pretty helpful. And I used a lot of my own favorites in those. Mm-hmm. Now I'm very uh, aware of the fact that the book will even by next year need a different edition <laughs> with different yeah. lists because there's so many new films. But yeah. um, I just really think that. There is, you know, there was a survey that said there's at least one person in almost every household in America who loves these movies. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, sometimes it's uh, 
a female writer of some of my historical fiction will write me and say, okay, I don't watch these films, but my husband is obsessed. I got him the books. <laughs> so there is somebody from either genre and, you know, they have a surprising demographic. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I really did try to give people a wide array of these films so that anyone who's picking up on one is kind of has, and some quality ideas. These are ones that are, tried, tested, and true, um, have good writing. Um, mm -hmm. When you're making as many films, you know, I, I can't say that I give them all A plus five stars, but <laughs> yeah. you're, looking, you're yeah. ranking them through a slightly different uh, <laughs> system than right. perhaps, you know, it's your, who, whomever is choosing the Academy Awards or whatever. It's a, it's a very right. different. And your ranking or cataloging will be based on your personal preferences. Maybe you prefer uh, having, you know, Lacey Chabert as your heroine, or maybe your team Alicia Witt, or maybe you like military themed ones, but not dog ones, or maybe you like country Christmas or city Christmas. You literally can find anything in, <laughs> in, in the array of Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and, and just so folks don't think this is basically a glorified TV guide, uh, I mean, there's so many great nuggets in here too. Like each chapter has uh, a start a new tradition section where uh, like in, in the book lovers one, uh, you know, you talk about taking someone out and buy them a book as a gift. Yes. Um, I loved, I always loved that as a kid yeah. when my aunt oh, yeah. would give yeah. us gift certificates to the bookstore and then unboxing day. Oh, wait. I don't know if you guys have Boxing Day in America. Anyway, we the 26th is a holiday, and it's usually where all the big sales happen. Um, so we would go with our gift cards the day after Christmas and buy um, books. And so I, I love that. So a lot of the traditions and activities in the book that I included are really natural and organic to me because it's a lot of the stuff I grew up loving to do. So people mm -hmm. get a bit of a personal Rachel 101 when they read this book <laughs> as well. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's neat. Um, yeah. When I was, when I was a kid, um, we'd go to see my grandma and grandpa and they had friends, some good friends who owned a bookstore. And I mean, my grandma is responsible for me loving books and loving to read. Oh, I love and, that. And it's just grown and developed almost to an unhealthy obsession <laughs> now, but, uh, well, maybe but not. But it's books. It can't yeah, be yeah, that. It can't be that bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, but she would do that. We would go to their bookstore and she'd say, you know, pick out a book you want. And that was I always neat. Um, it's the best. Yeah. She would, she would get us books from yard sales and stuff too. Uh, a lot of Hardy boys, things like that. And, um, you know, she, she just fed my love of reading. So um, that's, you know, that's the thing that really, like I was, I was saying, reading that chapter, it kind of jumped out at me. Yeah. Like, yes, this is a, this lady knows what she's talking about. <laughs> this, <laughs> and this year you have to support the small bookstores and the indie bookstores. It's so important. So that would be a new tradition might be instead of ordering a book from Amazon for, you know, the book lovers Christmas should hmm us trying to keep those bookstores alive because they are the heart of many communities so i would just make sure that you're getting a gift certificate or taking someone to uh depending on where you are there's different you know little lockdown situations all over yeah. the world right now <laughs> yeah. but um yeah i love that tradition that you had yeah it's, it's really special where where we live uh we're out in the 
in a rural area of Iowa. Mm. And there's not a lot of used bookstores. No. And you must miss that because the, there's something yeah, amazing yeah. about used bookstores and the smell of them and the, you know, the fact that you're picking up. A, I prefer used books, actually, mm -hmm. because I love books that other people have maybe made little notes in. You feel like mm -hmm. you're inheriting an experience from somebody. Oh, I yeah. I love. Definitely. <laughs> I I had um, I found a, an old uh, it was a Nicholas Nickleby, uh, Charles Dickens book. <gasps> and it was probably early 1900s it was published but oh. someone had written on the in the side cover that this book was given as a gift to their students who was in like fourth grade or something for getting a hundred percent i don't remember what the it was like a, oh, oh, it was a spelling bee that. yeah they their student won a spelling bee so they won this gift of a chunker of a charles dickens book and they were like in fourth grade and not the happiest Charles Dickens either. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, none of them are completely sunny, but right, that, right. that one gets pretty dark. Well, um, and, and, and I, I loved it because I'm trying to imagine your fourth grader today getting a, you know, a Charles Dickens book and, and just being like, okay, different I can world. roll with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where do you plug it in? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love those old books where, you know, I know a lot of collectors want to find one in perfect condition and all that, but I want it messed up and written in. Because, Absolutely. That's yeah. where the magic happens. Um, and, you know, Dickens is, man, this is kind of slightly off topic. Oh, but, sure. That's hey, right. hey, Christmas is Dickens. <laughs> um, right. Dickens that's is right. the one of the perfect authors for that. Um, I don't know if I talk about this in the holiday movie guide, but um, there's Dickens books that I appropriate as Christmas books besides Christmas Carol. And one of them is great expectations mm -hmm. because it opens at Christmas and Pip is stirring, uh, the pudding. Mrs. Joe has him by his sister has him by the fireplace stirring the pudding. And I just love that. There's so many stories like that, that just have a Christmassy sense. And when you find old copies of them and it's to so-and-so from grandmother Christmas 1955 mm -hmm. you just know you're a part of that tradition in that world and I think that's really lovely so that's my favorite chapter in this book too is the book lovers Christmas <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, I, I like the uh, the old-fashioned Christmas oh yeah um, chapter two that's I mean some of my favorite books to read are from the 1800s you know me um, too and, and <laughs> since they're all in the public domain i can read the stories on my podcast without getting in trouble so <laughs> oh um, yeah <laughs> i mean every every podcast episode i try to read a story or something uh maybe around christmas time or involving christmas or or a holiday but uh, yeah this one was neat uh and again there's you know the the book choices for you the there's some trivia there's um ways to start a new tradition, different things. I mean, it, it's, it's a great, this is a great gift for someone who loves the Chris, who loves Christmas movies, who maybe like me does, likes movies, but doesn't know where to start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I was hoping that, and I just yeah. hoped that people would, you know, it, as you say, it's, it is a little deceptive in that it's, it is called a guide, but it's not your typical, um, you know, Roger Ebert's guide to the best films of 1998. It's, right. it's a little more um, <laughs> how to, since these films are so popular and since so many people 
are having them on all the time in their houses. And since they're such a popular thing, how do you incorporate them so that you're not just glued to the screen? Mm -hmm. Um, How do you make sure that they're a part of a family activity that you're using them to create some of the idyllic situations that they represent? Because it's a lot about caroling and sleigh rides and a lot about traditions that are kind of not pursued as much anymore and this year is a year we all have extra time on our hands so it's (laughs) (laughs) um well not in the way we'd like so i mean as you said (laughs) your kids are home doing virtual school i think people have different responsibilities but gingerbread making and cookie making and decorating i i have noticed in my neighborhood more people are decorating than ever people who Mm. have never had lights on their houses on our street are just going all out this year. And so I hope the book inspires people to think that even with very little resources or time or money, you can kind of recreate the spirit of what you like when you watch these films in your own Christmas. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, this, I'm just going to throw this out to the, any guys who are listening. If you want (laughs) a, um, a date night idea for your wife. Um, this book is like the the cheater's guide here. Okay. <laughs> it's true. If your wife or girlfriend is really into super Christmassy things, I've kind of given you a shortcut. And you know oh, yeah. it's tried and true because I really like this stuff and I'm a girl. So <laughs> well, I never or, thought of that before. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Uh, I'd say even, I know, like you said, there's guys who like this too. So, yeah. you know, ladies, or uh whoever you know if 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 your uh significant other is is a big christmas movie lover uh, this i mean this is gold i'm like man this is a great idea for a date night <laughs> hopefully my wife's not listening <laughs> no, ruin it. yeah yeah well I'll, I'll tell her to fast forward through this part yeah <laughs> and uh, we should shout out to um the the guide is illustrated by laura bean who's uh an illustrator who's in the chicago area and she with very little direction, you know, we just gave her a few keywords and she's created this lovely illustrated guide, which is why I think it makes for such a good gift book because Mm -hmm. it's not just words on a page. Um, She's taken a lot of time to make it into something that is really special that Mm -hmm. hopefully you want to give to people. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that too, about the illustrator, because Mm -hmm. I mean, this book is colorful. It's, it's got illustrations, drawings all over. I, I love, I love art. So, um, you know, just fl- even just flipping through the book, you can see these just eye-catching illustrations. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, this is a book lover's dream right here. So. It is. It's so pretty. And um, of course I had nothing to do with that. I, yeah. d- you know, that's, that's just the design team at the publisher, but if you know it, her, she is on Instagram, Laura Bean, and you can see her, amazing artwork just her imagination um makes it quite special so and it's just a it's a bit of a different color aesthetic too i mean she picked a template that just had a few colors so that the book almost looks like a candy cane yeah Um, there's different reds and whites and yeah yeah. It's pretty. So uh, if you find me licking the book, you know, no. <laughs> Does it taste right? good? <laughs> yeah. Um, this is how much we love books. <laughs> that's right. We'll, we'll smell them. We'll lick them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Uh, so, I mean, I'm I, going to guess that you, you watch a lot of these films. Do you do it throughout the year or only do it during... Um, 
usually during Christmas time and I have a confession to make. I mean, they're, they're on my TV right now. Um, mm -hmm. I, of course I'm a writer. So I I'm in the middle of like really intensive edits of the next book. So I find that I have them on a lot, especially from November through the beginning of January, but they're often muted. Um, <laughs> just, to, I have them in the background while I do other things. Um, but I do make sure that I see some of the premieres that I've been really excited about. Um, as for watching them throughout the year, I think I mentioned this in the intro. There have been a few moments in my life of, you know, when a family member has been sick or maybe I'm just having a really bad day where I will turn one on because they are my go-to. Like mm -hmm. if you are having a horrible day or if you've gotten some bad news and the world seems bleak, I mean, take the beginning of the pandemic when they started showing them all the time. These mm -hmm. are my go-to for, like, I'm just going to find one of these and throw it on and you just feel calm and peaceful. What Christmas yeah. is, right? I mean, it just, the idea that it's, it's always going to be about core values, about family. It's going to end happily. It's a low angst situation. So I, if I do watch them outside of, Christmas season. It's either in the summer when they do Christmas in July, which they do every year. Mm -hmm. um, and, or it's, I'm having a rotten day and we all handle those differently. And sometimes I'll just throw on a Hallmark Christmas movie. And I should specify that I keep saying Hallmark because they are the majority of the films mentioned in the book. However, yeah, I yeah. do have a few Netflix ones in there. Lifetime does a bunch of them up TV. I mean, there's a ABC spark does them They're there's a Leviathan of these that are produced by several different places, but I think we can all agree that Hallmark kind of set the <laughs> formula and started this yeah. whole regime. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I catch myself calling any, I mean, we call it almost a Hallmarky movie, you know, whether yeah. it's on Lifetime or wherever. It's it's, it's like, like Kleenex, yeah. right? It's like any, or Ziploc bags. It's like, anytime you see this, it is going to be called a Kleenex, <laughs> even if it's a different brand. Um, and I I think Hallmark has to be okay with that. They are, uh, they are doing quite, quite well for themselves. <laughs> Definitely. Now, do you have... Um, this might be asking to pick your favorite child, but do you have any <laughs> any favorite uh, Christmas movie out of all these that you see? Are yes. There, so I do have favorites? my, my. F I mean, I've got my every year favorites is uh, my favorite of all time is Very Merry Mix-Up with Alicia Witt. Um, and it is a favorite of a lot of people. Alicia Witt is in a lot of these. Again, this is like Amy Acker. She's you know, she's been on um, Orange is the New Black, The Walking Dead. I mean, Alicia Witt is, does these variety of roles and then is in these lovely movies. So she's a very diverse and talented, wide-ranging actress. I also really love Nine, Nine Lives of Christmas with Brandon Ruth and Kimberly Sustad. Um, and it's because the two of them just have some fantastic chemistry. Um, there is, and you might actually like this art, there's a Lifetime movie called Love at the Christmas Table. And it, a friend of mine and I watched it and we picked up on all the great expectations themes in it. There's a Miss Havisham type character. There's a very Dickensian feel to it. And I was on Twitter tweeting about this movie a while ago this year. And 
the screenwriter found me and tweeted back and he's like i wrote that and i'm like you're brilliant amazing (laughs) yay twitter bringing the world together but those are three that i i tend to recommend to people Mm -hmm. um for this year there's one called christmas by starlight it stars paul campbell and kimberly sustad and they co-wrote it they've each done a number of these um some together and they were just like let's write our own and hallmark produced it and it was quite cute so those are my those are my go-tos. Yeah. Now I, I've heard of um, the Nine Lives of Christmas, mm-hmm. and it might have been uh, on a podcast I, I listened to that talked about it, um, but I haven't seen any of those. So uh, I might I might just start watching those with those find three and them. Yeah. find them and watch them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're good places to start. Um, you know, yeah. it's like yeah. those iTunes playlists, and then you get the deep cuts and the subgenres <laughs> within the subgenre. Um, <laughs> But one thing that Hallmark's been doing, and this has been fascinating to me, is branching out and setting uh, some of the films, not just in BC pretending to be an American city, which is most of them, but Mm -hmm. uh, actually filming on location in France and in Rome. And Christmas in Vienna came out this year, and they filmed on location in Vienna last Christmas. And so I think it's wonderful for people who are at home to try and find some of the internationally set ones because you feel mm-hmm. like you're traveling to a different place um, and yeah. while you're at home. So I, I I hope they do more of those where they film off in the world and not yeah. just <laughs> in um, North America. Now I, I, I'll have to test your knowledge here. Uh, oh. th- there was, there was one, I can't remember the title of it, uh, but it, it did have uh, Candace Cameron in it and she played a twin sister. Who, oh, who, switched for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it. called switch for Christmas. Yeah. Oh, nice she job. She plays herself, <laughs> but apparently there's a new Netflix one, which I haven't seen, but it's um, Vanessa Hudson mm-hmm. Hudgens Hudson. I don't know how to say her last name. And she is (laughs) playing three different roles. Yeah, I I saw the trailer for that. (laughs) So, (laughs) man, that's, I guess, the new gimmick is like, how many people can this one person play? Candace Cameron did a really good job with that, though. I can't imagine how difficult that would be to talk to yourself ostensibly (laughs) in two different characters. I I guess I do it all the time on my podcast. So. true um, but i i had to laugh at that one because I, the the opening scene you're talking about locations and it said i guess it says it takes place in in denver but the <laughs> opening scene it shows it is clearly um salt lake city oh I, oh I, it's I, amazing <laughs> the stock the overhead stock footage it's i there are some that are worse culprits than others uh-huh. um one of my favorites is it pans over the Boston skyline and then we're clearly in Vancouver, like (laughs) (laughs) Canada flags, like we're clearly not in Boston, Um, but they try to set the stage and then no, this isn't. And I think one of them, I think this was a Netflix one. I think Christmas Prince, there was a Buzzfeed article that showed that, you know, it showed all these overhead sky uh, scraper shots and it started in New York. The next shot was Chicago. Like it's just <laughs> stock footage of any big city. Um, that always makes me laugh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now playing Denver, we have Utah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm like, well, it, how hard is it to find, you know, stock footage of, of the town you want to. <laughs> They've got 97 to make. They don't have time for this. It's like. That's right. We got to come on. We got to get them out. Let's go. <laughs> it's, it's like the. 
your kid coming to you the day before a project's due and saying, you know, I, I told my teacher you'd bake nine dozen cookies. Could you do that tonight? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, store. Yep. I come. Yep. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, I argue that that is part of the charm of these yeah. is that they're a fantastical world anyway. Um, yeah. Anyone who's going to, not you, of course, this is nice banter, but when I see people getting a little too critical, I'm like, take, really take a step back and focus on where you're putting your negative energy. I mean, they are, you see this on Twitter, you see people who think there's some kind of virtue in making fun of these, everyone kind of mocks them a little bit sometimes because they set themselves up for it. But, right. um, <laughs> you know, they're supposed to be happy. And I do, I do like to tease them for stuff like that. It's just when it's so clearly not the place that they're trying to right, set it up right. as. Yeah. Just, just take it for what it is and, yeah. <laughs> and enjoy it. <laughs> yep. That's right. Oh, I, I liked in your book, uh, you had a little thing there about, um, picking your, your Christmas movie name, you know, you oh, have yeah. the, <laughs> um, unfortunately mine came out to be mary st nicholas which like, okay <laughs> that doesn't really work i just thought <laughs> that was fun oh yeah I yeah my that. i like my wife's name hers hers became ivy evergreen and i'm like oh that's I like good that. that is a good one i couldn't decide if that was a, a christmas movie name or a, a bond girl name or something you <laughs> it's <know>? true <laughs> bond girl whose name is christmas Isn't yeah there yeah one of the Pierce Brosnan ones yeah, yeah i think it was his first one her, her name was like merry christmas or yeah. something yeah um and it's because they are they often have festive names and the towns often have festive names and it is really yeah. just this fantastical christmas world that yeah. overtakes televisions for two months out of the year and right. you know is so highly rated like these the the amount of people who watch these is incredible so. yeah and what what i appreciate is um you know at least a few i've seen but from what other people have said that most of them are they're family friendly you know absolutely um, yeah vulgarity is low the cursing is low yeah um, if if at all you know you can pop it on have your kids around and not have to worry about no diving for the remote if <laughs> it's true i mean i'm yeah. certain some it, they won't be for everybody, right, right. <laughs> but I, and what I think is amazing about them is by virtue of the fact that they often have a higher viewership than something like the walking dead or something that is the huge cable TV show of the moment. Mm -hmm. It shows that viewers actually really, I mean, people are buying in with their viewing stats that they really do not need all of the content that we mm -hmm. see on television. Um, so I think that that says a lot that people are drawn to these films that are about family and about kindness and about just being a decent human being. Uh, I think it's in the same way that, you know, Mr. Rogers has had a comeback. It's like, okay, people really do want to be giving good humans. And I think that Hallmark mm -hmm. and these types of films show that at heart, this is what we like community and people helping each other. And uh, yeah, they are very clean and that's great because it's Christmas and really right. it's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I know everyone has different tastes and all that, but you know, yeah. as, you know, and, and what we like to, um, not that we want to shelter our kids or anything, but we don't need that right now. And, <laughs> um, of course, you know, I'm thinking I have two teenage boys who 
would probably spend the whole time making fun of the whole thing. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like, but there's actually an art in that as well. That might actually be kind of fun. Um, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, it's, you can make up your own dialogue for them and it probably works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, and my, my daughter, she's 11. She's maybe not quite there yet, Aww. but uh, I, I could see her enjoying those movies here soon. So we'll, we'll see how that, how that goes. <laughs> so a great book. I, I highly recommend that. Well, thank you. Uh, so I guess before we wrap things up here, let's, let's talk a little bit about just our, our favorite Christmas traditions and, and uh, memories and all that. Do you have, have any that you are just cherish? Oh, I love and it's kind of hard for me this year because um, we found out that our churches are closed through Christmas. Mm -hmm. So we can do virtual, but we can't be in person, which is really hard for me um, because my favorite part of Christmas is the music, especially carols. And one of my favorite traditions is going to a Christmas Eve service, um, candlelight service, the organ is playing, the carols are being sung, holding a candle, singing Silent Night. That's one of my favorite. That's um, Christmas Eve. You know, there's that sense of expectation and excitement, especially mm -hmm. since I was a little kid where it's like, oh my gosh, it's Christmas Eve. Um, and uh, so that feeling of community and just being around music is one of my favorite things. In fact, I would say that anything musical, I try to see a production of The Messiah or uh, mm -hmm. every year here in Toronto, of course, None of that this year because uh, COVID, um, <laughs> wah, wah, COVID Christmas, um, right. <laughs> or, um, you know, and that I, I love seeing a production of, I'm a big concert goer, uh, theater lover. So that kind of thing is a great tradition, but anything around the music. But I would also say just, um, you know, going up, my parents live about two hours north of Toronto and it's always white for Christmas there, lots of snow. And I just like being around my family. So yeah. that's a that's a favorite thing too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about uh, any kind of traditions you guys do that maybe is even different from what we do in the States? Uh -huh. I think it's, I think that it's kind of similar. I would say boxing day is a tradition that we have, like it is a, mm -hmm. it is a national holiday here as well. Um, but one of the things that we do is my, my grandmother, my Oma, she's long past, but she, um, she was from Holland. She was a war bride from Holland. And so she brought over the tradition of on the fifth, the evening of the 5th of December, you put out your shoe and Santa Claus will leave a treat. And so growing up, now that I live on my own, I don't put my shoe out unless I'm like, sorry, kids, put in my own treat. Um, but uh, that's yeah. something that we carried from my, uh, my grandmother is that even though we celebrated Christmas on the 25th, we always did that. We'd always put our shoes out on the 5th of December and we would wake up to a little treat. Mm -hmm. And my favorite, and it starts today, is my parents still get all three of us adult children who live outside of our parents' house. We always get advent calendars every year. They still buy us chocolate advent calendars. I love that. <laughs> I, I saw a post back in, might've been October or November, somebody had said, well, according to my chocolate advent calendar, there's only three days till <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Especially it's been that kind of this year. year. Yeah. It yeah. is. Actually, advent calendars this year, I saw someone who has a Star Wars advent calendar where they get a little toy every day mm -hmm. and people have cheese advent calendars. And I mm. like, there's a huge business for these now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw a Lego one. Um, yeah. 
that that looked kind of fun. It does <laughs> those, look kind of fun. Yeah. Those uh, um, Funko Pop characters. Um, have yeah. you seen those? Yeah, they have I one have. for those. Um, yeah, we, when we were when I was a kid, we had an advent calendar, but it was the same one we'd use every year. And when you open yeah. each door, it would be just a picture. And so there's even no treat or anything. And it, I don't think it was until I was an adult before I realized <laughs> I could have been getting candy. Uh, there was candy. I mean, <laughs> what happened to the candy? <laughs> that picture of an angel was nice, but come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's more to this. Um, I'm missing out. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I, I love, uh, I love the advent calendar tradition and I love that my parents still get us one, even though we are grown adults and that's still just part of our childhood that they make sure that we have so I know that's that. that's neat yeah and I, I think this year you know those traditions that we can still keep are so going to be really yeah. necessary um and I, I've been talking with my wife about what are we going to do this year because a lot of the things we usually do we can't uh because yeah. it's been canceled so yeah. uh, you know we're talking about um there's a there's a guy who about an hour from us he has a farm and he decorates like his fields. Once all the harvest is done, they're all decorated with Christmas lights. It's, it's like this oh, huge so drive by Christmas ex- light thing. And, and he just does it, um, puts it out on his yard. And um, I think he has maybe a, like a donation box out, but it's, it's free for people just to drive by. And we went there one year. It, it was, it was, you know, it was kind of, it was neat, but it was a long drive for just, relatively speaking a short light yeah. experience but you know my wife says this year we should go you know let's let's go let's let's blast christmas carols in the car let's sing oh, loudly yeah. and um and then we'll go and see the lights and we'll come home and it, it's not much but it's it's um it's something we can do uh and you know to try to really make those things extra fun i think i think it's going to be a blast so it is and yeah. i think that people should be okay this year if for one year, if it's not working or you just are trying too hard to make a tradition happen and it's just too stressful, then I think it's okay for this year to just be something different. I know people who are like, we want to have this big family gathering. We want it to be Christmassy. We're just going to have Christmas dinner in the summer. And I think that if people need to do that, I think this year is all about just trying to remember the season but if it gets too nostalgic or too stressful or if it makes people feel even more disconnected then I think it's okay if we let ourselves off the hook um for things like that but yeah the the lights is a great idea I mean anything just to get a bit of a tradition a bit of an event is huge especially now since there are so few of them (laughs) this last couple of weeks we all we had COVID um I think my wife got it and then (gasps) It oh just my goodness. Wiped us all out. Um, oh, so, I'm so sorry about oh, that. Well, we, we are fortunate. It, it didn't hit us too bad. Mostly we're just exhausted. And the kids got it too, eh? Yep. 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 My, oh. my boys, definitely my, my daughter, we're not quite sure she got tested, but it, it was, uh, it came back negative, but she had a day or two where she was pretty Oh uncharacteristically tired. I mean, she's usually bouncing off the walls. So, <laughs> but oh. I mean, we had things that we're going to do. And you know, I had plans for the podcast and different things and that all got canceled and pushed back. And I'm, so I'm sitting down thinking, okay, I can either really push myself and get all this stuff done, or we're just going to have to let it go and not stress out. Uh, and, and that's, and I'm, you know, 
like, ah, oh, it's too bad. I can't get this accomplished this year. But on the other hand, you know, is it really worth killing yourself trying to catch yeah, up? I think surviving this year is just <laughs> everyone gets a gold star just for making it yeah, through. That's right. And I think this year is kind of special because, you know, for better or for worse, we are at the end of the hellscape that is 2020. <laughs> There's no other word for it. We nope. have made it. So I yep, think that yep. we can at least celebrate that this is one of the toughest years in you know, decades and decades. Um, And so if it culminates in some slightly different traditions this year or celebrations that just are like, Hey, we did it. Mm -hmm. We made it to the end of this year. Something has to change. It'll be better in 2021. Then I think that this Christmas will be special for that. Just as a, Hey, humans, we survived. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That might be the episode title. now. (laughs) Hey, hey humans, humans. <laughs> we survived. <laughs> We're still um, on the planet. Yay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, we, we would, we were decorating and uh, this past weekend and we'd work for like half an hour and then just be exhausted. Oh yeah. And so we, we decided, you know what, we're going to just say it's good enough and, and not in a way that's usually because you don't want something that's just good enough, but this yeah. year, I think that's, that's an admirable. It's <laughs> a, Hey, we acknowledged the season. Yeah. We tried. And yeah. I, I think for a lot of people, cause I, I do know that it's, it's going to be hard for people who just, the traditions make them feel more disconnected, especially mm-hmm. if they can't be home or with their family. Um, it, it's going to be a hard Christmas for people. So that's where Hallmark comes in. That's right. <laughs> so there, uh, you watch a ton of them and you will feel better. <laughs> gra- so yes, grab this book, uh, find a chapter that suits your tastes and pop in some movies and, and make yourself some treats and have a, <laughs> a very merry holiday. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, uh, Rachel, thanks for stopping by talking Christmas movies with me. And uh, it's been, a it's been fun. It has been so much fun. Thank you, Art. And uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. And check out the book. I hope you like it. And uh, have a happy uh, movie watching holiday for sure. We will. (laughs) All right. Uh, You take care. All right. I want to tell you about another um, Christmassy thing that I've been enjoying. My wife has a blog. And this month, she is blogging daily between now and Christmas, a a kind of Advent reflections. They are um, religious in nature. So if those are things that you are interested in, uh, I'd encourage you to check out her blog. It's at togetherforgood.wordpress.com. And I want to read you a entry from uh, from her blog. And it's one she posted on her birthday, December 2nd, and it's called Courage and waiting. She says, Today is my birthday. Today I turn 42, which means that, according to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, for the next 365 days, I will be the answer to life, the universe, and everything. If you ask my kids, they will probably tell you that if that's the case, then the answer is probably no. I remember waiting for my birthday when I was a kid. Somewhere there is a picture of me circa 1988 complete with red sweater vest and mullet, sitting on the couch in our living room, waiting for my birthday party to begin. I would get so excited about cake and ice cream and presents. 
It always felt like the world should stop for my birthday. I shouldn't have to go to school or make my bed or do any of that normal stuff. Unfortunately, the world is not like that, and the older I get, the less it's like that. This year, in celebration of my birthday, I get to have a shot in my knee and go to work for the first time in three weeks. I might wear a birthday hat to work, though. I was reading in Gretchen Rubin's The Happiness Project that studies show that anticipating something exciting actually adds a great deal to our happiness when we remember that event. And I think it might be right, because honestly, so many of my joyful memories center around that feeling of joyful anticipation and jump out of your skin excitement I had before Christmas and my birthday when I was a kid. For many of those times, I remember the waiting more than I remember the actual event. And I think there's a lesson we can learn from this. We make a mistake when we view waiting as a long blank stretch between one event and another. God wants to use these times of waiting in our lives. We might feel like we're in a holding pattern, but God is never not at work. In Psalm 27, David writes about his experience during a difficult time when it felt like his enemies were going to destroy him. He reminds himself of the truth, that God is his light, his salvation, his refuge, and his reason for confidence. The chapter is full of beautiful words, and I highly recommend you take the time to read the whole thing. But for today, we'll zoom in on the last two verses. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. David was waiting for more than just a far-off heavenly experience of God's goodness. He believed he would see God's goodness in his daily life in the land of the living. Sometimes we seem to think that the only thing we have in our faith is a dream of heaven someday. But Jesus didn't just come to give us eternal life. He came to give us abundant life. Good things overflowing our lives even when everything seems to be falling apart, even when we're weary, even in times of waiting, even in 2020. David looked to God with joyful hope and expectation that God was going to do something good. And friends, we can do that too. We have hope of heaven, but we also have hope for today. We have hope that as we wait, God is orchestrating goodness for us. We have hope that one thing our hearts most deeply need to dwell in the presence of God and gaze upon his beauty has been granted to us by Jesus, who is our way. Today, let's wait with strength and courage because the God we're waiting for is a good God who plans what is good for his beloved people. Let's wait with strength and courage because God makes these times of expectation into times of growth and good things. He is the God of streams in the desert, the God who brings beauty from ashes and life from death. Always, always, he is worth waiting for. Be strong. And that, again, is the entry uh, Courage in Waiting, written by my wife on her blog, togetherforgood.wordpress.com. They start on November 29th, and the entry there is called An Invitation to Wait. If that's something you like to read during Christmas time, I'd love for you to check out the blog. Okay, so that's all for today. I hope you all are taking care and having a, a fun time with your family as we wait and anticipate the great day that is Christmas Day. So in the meantime, be kind to each other and share your stories 
And remember that there is nothing in the world so irresistibly contagious as laughter and good humor. Have a very Merry Christmas.